don't know what's happening. Now, Father, let, let that that you want to deposit into the hearts and the minds of each one here, Lord, let it come from you. Let it come from you, Father. You know what each one of us needs. You know each one's struggles. Now, you know us, Lord. You know us. Oh, I don't know what's happening. But, um, yeah, let's start, let's start, let's just get, get the emotions gone. Um, I know that Charles said just now that this is, this English service is really from the Lord. And I know that we, we tried it a few years ago, we started it, and it, it stopped. We had the feeling, we had that, that feeling in our hearts that we need an English service and we, and we need something in the town. And we started it with the knowledge that uh, we believe that God is in it. But I think we were too hasty. I really think we, we did something, we heard, and we ran ahead of God. And then COVID hit us. And through COVID, we had these afternoon sessions. Um, and I think COVID was, a, was, a, was a, a little run for us to see how it's going to run. Because what we tried to do is to take from the morning to the evening. And, and we were struggling with it. And to say we're still struggling with it. But I believe that this English service as we've got it now, I believe it's really from the Lord. And I really think that we're not running ahead of the Lord. We've got to be certain that we're not lagging behind. But I believe that it is the time that God has put this service together. He hasn't given us English people into the congregation for nothing. He hasn't. Because there's a heart in this in this town for the authentic word, an authentic church, an authentic bride that God wants for the English service people, for those. There are more English people lost in this town than there is the normal Afrikaans guy. The normal Afrikaans guy goes to, a, to church and they, th and they think they're okay. But the English guys are those guys that do not even enter church. And those are the lost that we need. That is the loss that God wants to come into this congregation, in this service. Because this is not a new plant. This is nothing new. This is, this is just a service of, from just Jen, Swellendam, an English service that we're going to run. And I really believe that that word that came, that this is a small beginning. And I know enough, and the prophecy that, that has come from Trevor is... Is, 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 is big. The, the pictures that he's seen is, is big pictures. I don't want to go ahead with it. I don't want to put expectations in people's hearts, but I believe that the small beginning is a little seed that has now been planted. And it's a little seed that we start, we have to start giving water. And the water is us. We are the people that have to water the seed that God is now planting in this afternoon. 
And we've got to take hold of it. Make it our own. Make it part of the bigger picture of what God wants. So my title for today has not even got to do with this. When, uh, when we said we're going we're to start with this English uh, uh, service, God gave me a title long before he gave me the preach. Normally we get the preach and we try and get a title out of the preach, but he gave me a title. And I don't know if you, uh, if I tell you the title, guys, you're going to think, oh my word, where are we going to? Don't even on silence it. <laughs> but the title for this for this preach today, and, and I'm not going to do this whole preach because I, I just felt as I sit there, God just said, just just go through it. And the title of this one is the Lord of the Ring. Lord of the Ring. And the really thing is what it is all about is, who is Lord of your ring? Precious. <laughs> My precious. And for us to understand where we're going to is that we've got to understand that, that we are in a betrothed period of our lives. Engaged. Engaged. We're engaged. We're in that period of our lives where we are in an engagement with Christ. And whose ring are we wearing? Who is the Lord of the ring that you are wearing? If we understand the whole situation of church and the whole situation of, 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 of marriage, we've got to look at the Hebrew way of doing it, the Hebrew way of getting married. And young men, listen. You see, I'm going to do this very short, and I don't even think we're going to get to the script because I'm... The Hebrew way is that the father will choose the wife. Not me or you. The father chooses the wife. Who chose, who chose us? I'm going ahead. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do all these things. But who chose us? The Father. Because the Word says that He draws us to Him. He chose us for Jesus Christ. He chose the bride. Not us. Let me give you a script on that. I'm jumping five, five pages ahead of everything I've got now.
In John 6:44, it says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. So the father chooses the wife. And what does he then do? When there's a wife that he has in the eye for his son, he and the son goes to the family of that daughter and they negotiate a contract. They negotiate a contract. So the father will then go and say, I would love your daughter to marry my son. Now, if she is engaged or betrothed already, then it's, a, then it's, it's, it's taboo. But when she is not, then there's a negotiation that starts taking place. And there's a contract that then starts taking place. There's a contract that says this. When my son marries your daughter, this is what he will pay or will give to her or will work, work towards her. We can see that in, in the marriage of Jacob. It was it Jacob that had to, to work for his bride? So, when they then stand and they negotiate this contract, this contract is called a. a it's called a ketubah. It's called a marriage contract. So, what, what happens is that the bridegroom then promises that he will provide for the bride. Okay? So, now the dad accepts this contract. Who made the contract with us? For us as a bride. Because we are the bride of Christ. Do you realize that? How do we know that? How do we know that? How do we know that the church is the bride of Christ? Because there was a contract for us, for this church. There's a contract for each one of us in this church. In Revelations 21, 2 and 21, 9 to 10, it says, And I saw the whole city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for a husband. Then the angel said to, to John, Come, I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife, the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. And it's us, the church, descending from heaven. Ephesians 5, 22 to, to 31, in, 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 in verse 27, it, that, it says that, that he might present her, the church, to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be that she might be holy and without blemish. In verse 30, then it says, For the husband is head of the wife. Now you're thinking about marriage. This whole contract is about marriage. 
For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. The body is us. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one. Then Paul says, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So the whole scenario that we do the husband as head of the house, that comes from Christ to us as the church. He is head of this church. He is our husband that we are betrothed to, that we are engaged to. And how did it happen? The same way as in the Hebrew marriage way. Because God negotiated for us. The price that the son was willing to pay was his life. That was the price for the church, his life. He didn't pay in gold. He didn't pay in silver. He paid for me and for you, for this church, with his life. Hanged on a cursed tree. So that I and you can become a spotless virgin for him. Because when, they, when the father goes and negotiates for the bride, it should be a virgin. And the only way that we can become a virgin towards Christ for, as, a, as, a, as a bride to him is through his death. Through repentance, we are made spotless. Because he says, I'm coming back for a spotless bride one day. We are in that period of, of engagement. We are waiting for Jesus Christ to come. Because when the negotiation has taken place and the price is negotiated, for us the price was Jesus Christ, his death. When the price has been negotiated, It is done with a meal and a cup of wine. They will sit together, the dad and the father, and the son and the father and the daughter and the family of the daughter will sit together around a table and have a meal. And the son will take a cup of wine and drink it, half of it, and pass it to the daughter that he wants to get married to. And when she accepts it, that she will want to get married to him, she drinks the other half. Where in the word do we see that for us as a, as a church? And Jesus stood up and said, this is my body, and break it and gave it to them. 
And then he took the wine and he said, drink as a remembrance. And as they took that cup and drank it, they accepted him as the bridegroom. And when we have communion in the church, we have communion towards the bridegroom, accepting him as our bridegroom. Then the husband goes away and he says that he's got to go back to his father's house because he's got to prepare a room and build a room onto the father's home. And when that room is ready, he can come and fetch the bride. But he's not allowed to go and fetch the bride until the room has been built and ready. And the father says to him, you can now go and fetch your bride to consume the marriage. Where in the word does it say that I am going to my father's home to build a place for you and I will be coming back one day. We do not know when the father will send the son back but he's gone to build a home for us, to build a, a room for us, for each one. So that when he comes back and fetches us, we will join him with a wedding feast. So we as a church at this moment are in an engagement period. We as a church are waiting for the bridegroom to come back to come and fetch us. And that coming back and fetch us will be with a big noise because that what happens we will it will be a big noise the word says that when they come and fetch the bride the bride it's normally at 12 o'clock at night and 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 his friends and and everybody that's with him shouts and screams and carries on and that is how the bride knows that the bridegroom is on his way and she starts getting dressed prepare herself to be taken to the bridegroom's home the word says that he will be coming with a shout. We don't know the hour, but he will be coming. And what is our place and what should we now be doing while we are waiting for our bridegroom to come and fetch us? Because whose ring are we wearing? Because at the betrothed period, at the engagement period, the bride is then in her home together with her bridesmaids, getting ready and preparing herself for the wedding. She normally wears a veil as the token that she is engaged, betrothed to someone else. We wear a beautiful diamond ring. But that is to show that we belong to someone else. That contract that is signed is as good as a marriage contract. The only way to get out of that contract is as if you will be divorcing. Or death. How easy today for engagements to be broken. 
How easy. We have lost, we have lost that period of engagement. And we can see that in the church as well. We have lost the period of engagement in our church as well. It is so easy to say that I'm, I'm hurt. So easy to say that I haven't got time. So easy to say all these things because it doesn't suit me. And I forget that I'm engaged to the bridegroom, the one that's given his life for me. It's so easy to walk out and say, that place has hurt me. It's so easy to walk out and say, not today. It's too much. But the preparation of the bride is so intense because it's an expectation that she's waiting for the bridegroom to come. And that's what I saw just now. That's what I saw. On that wedding day, you, when, a, when, a, when, a, when a bridegroom stands there and the bride comes, comes walking up, he is full of emotion. Because he sees the love. He sees the beauty. He sees everything in her that he, that he has expected. She has prepared herself for that moment when she comes through those doors. How's God looking at us? How's Jesus looking at this church? Is his eyes full of tears as we enter that door? Are we prepared? Have we given ourselves for that moment when he comes? Will his eyes shoot with tears? as we are presented to him? Because each one of us will be presented to Christ, the bridegroom, one day. This church will be presented to Christ one day. Yeah. This is, the, this is your bride, the one that you died for. Is she spotless? Is she beautiful? Has she prepared herself? Has she given herself? Can we say that? Can we say that for ourselves? Can we say that we are giving everything? Can we say that he was the Lord of my ring? That in my engagement period, I didn't look at other people. I didn't drift away. When I walked outside, the veil was there. The people could see I'm betrothed to someone. Can the people see us that we are betrothed, engaged to Christ? Do we reflect that? You see, each one of us is part of this church. Each one of us is a little reflection of an engagement to Christ in corporate together. Is it that when we and I and you and every one of us walk outside that they will say, that's Christ's bride? Who is the Lord of my ring?
or am I sharing it? Am I the prostitute sharing it with someone else outside? Yes, I'm going to get married to him, but let me enjoy my life now while I can. I will, in my deathbed, cry out, Jesus. I will, when I start getting sick, cry out, Jesus. I will, when I think it's nearly time, cry out, Jesus. But let me be the prostitute now. Let me enjoy my life a little bit. How should the bride that is preparing herself look like? In Proverbs 31, 10 to 11, I'm just going to go through these. It's a few, few points that I've just taken out. How should we look? And this is normally a scripture that they use in, on weddings. But we are in a wedding. We all are going towards a wedding. I'm waiting for my bridegroom. I'm waiting for him. I wish I could share the, share the picture that I saw. In Proverbs 31, 10 to 11... Have you got it up there for us? Okay, I'm, I've got the, the NASB. Uh, what are you using? ESV. Why? An excellent wife who can find. For her worth is far above jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her. And he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. I think that's verse 12. Yeah. An excellent wife who can find. Jesus looked at us. An excellent wife. Who better than my church? For her worth is far above jewels. He didn't pay for us in gold and silver. He paid for us with his blood. Because our worth for him is worth more than jewels. I paid with my life. I can trust her. She does me good and not evil all the days of her life. We should be excellent in waiting for him. We should be a church that he can trust to preach the truth, to worship in spirit and in life. We should be a church that anybody can walk in here and say, I see Christ in them. She carries the heart of the husband. Proverbs 31, 13 to 15. She rises while it is yet night. 
She looks for wool and flax and works with her hands in delight. She's like a merchant ship. She brings, she brings food from afar. She rises also while it is still night and gives food to her household and portions to her maidens. Are we a church that rises early? Are we a church that is, that is busy, that is not lacking behind? Are we a church that is forefronted? Are we a people that is hospital, hospitable? Are we a people that, that, are, that are giving? Are we a, a church that, is, that invites strangers? Am I there when the others are not? Proverbs 31.16, she considers a field and buys it. With her hand, she plants a vineyard. Will it be said of us, as in Psalm 102.18, this will be written for the generations to come, that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. Are we raising a generation? Is this a field that we could say we bought it? This field, this church, this generation, Joshua generation, this English congregation, little congregation that's springing up, are we, have we bought into it? Are we doing discipleship? Are we teaching? Are we raising up? Are we equipping a priesthood of believers? Because that's what we should buy, and that is what we as a bride should be busy doing. To raise a generation that will stand strong and pure in the midst of an all-changing world. We do not know the hour, but we need to be prepared. We need to plant seeds for the next generation to reap as we are reaping as the bride of Christ from fruit that was planted, seed that was planted before us. Her lamp does not go out at night. Proverbs 31, 17 to 19. Are we running the race? It says there, she girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She senses that her gain is good. Her lamp does not go out at night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff. The distaff is a spindle. It's a, it's a stick or a spindle that she uses. And the hands grasp the spindle. Hebrews 12, 1 to 3, it says, running the race. Are we, stayed, are we focused? Are we staying focused? Are we pres preserving? When tested, do we just drop the ball, cancel, or don't we complete? Are we preparing to become the bride? Are we preparing to become the joy that is set before us? As he has gone to the cross for the joy that was set before him, us, the church, us, the bride, are we running the race? 
Are we carrying on? Are we giving ourselves for that that was set before us? The bridegroom coming one day. Are we a church in 20 to 22? Are we a church 31, 20 to 23? Uh, 20, okay. Are we a church that reaches out our hands to the needy as a bride? In Luke 4, 14, 12 to, to 14 says, When you give supper, do not ask your relatives, friends, but invite the poor. Mother Teresa always quoted this quote, Not all of us can do great things, but we can do small things with great love. Are we doing the little things to serve people? Are we up front at reaching out to those in need and we don't wait for the need to come to us? Not just in food, but in gospel. Are we giving what they need? There's a neediness outside there that needs the word of, of Christ, that needs God. Are we giving it? Twenty-three to twenty-four. A husband is known at the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies belts to the tradesmen. The obedience and the gracious presence of a corporate bride rests in the individual obedience and grace of each of her members. I'm going to say that again. The obedience and gracious presence of a corporate bride rests in the individual obedience and grace of each of her members. Is our light shining as an individual for the corporate? Are we discipling out there? She is clothed with strength and dignity in 3125. Strength and dignity are our clothing, and she smiles at the future. There's an uncertainty that's waiting for us. The world is longing for the secret of heavenly place, peace. We need to point people to the goodness, the faithfulness, the kindness, and the provisions of Jesus instead of uncertainty of the future. Are we talking with the world, or are we talking against the world are we bringing the good news or are we bringing the worldly news are we encouraging or are we just flowing with it what everybody says we should be set apart Teaching of kindness is in her tongue, Proverbs 31, 26. She opens her mouth in wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Colossians 4, 6 says, Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt. Two Peter 1, 7 says, Faith that leads to brotherly kindness, that leads to love. When the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, towards man appeared, 
not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Are we kind to people? Charles had an excellent preach this morning about kindness. Are we kind to people? Or are we showing the opposite of kindness? The one that just wants to correct the whole time. Are we the church that is kind? She surpasses all others. She looks well to the ways of her household. And she does not eat bread of idleness. Her children rise up and bless her. Her husband also. And he praises her saying, Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Proverbs 31, 27 to 29. Are we a church that is just flowing with the other churches? Are we a, a bride that we will say, you have done well. Or are we just flowing with the others? Are we just disappearing in the world? Or are we standing out that he would say to us, you are a bride. Many daughters have done noble things. But you, you, you excel them. You beautiful. You my bride. You're the one that I died for. There is something different in you. Give her the fruit of her hands, Proverbs 31, 13 and 31. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord she shall be praised. Give her the product of her hands and let her work praise her in the gates. Colossians 1.10 says, Being fruitful in every good work and increase in the knowledge of God. As the bride walks worthy of the Lord, pleasing him, she will be praised and will be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Is there fruit from this bride? Or are we just another church? Are we planting? Are we growing? Are we fruitful in all our works? Are we joyful? We know that the bridegroom is coming soon. Are we preparing ourselves? Are you prepared? Are we in right standing with him? Is he the Lord of your ring? Because if you sit here, you are betrothed to a bridegroom called Jesus Christ that gave his life for you and for me.
bought us. Bought us. Gave us the presence of the Holy Spirit to walk with us. Gave us people, maidens, to be at our side to encourage us and to help us. To prepare us for the day that he comes. Are we walking and preparing ourselves as he wants it? Are we a bride that he will say one day, excellent, excellent, I love you. Are you ready? Is your wedding gown ironed? Is it ready to be put on? Because you can come. You can come anytime. You can come anytime. The Spirit and the Bride say, "Come, Jesus, come." And the only time that you can say that is when you know you're ready. When we can cry out, come, Jesus, come. We have lost, now it's another preach. Is there anyone, close your eyes. I don't like closing your eyes, but if you want to watch, you can watch. Is there anyone here that, that says that I don't know the bridegroom? I don't know who he is. You're talking about a bridegroom that gave his life. You're talking about a bridegroom that through his, li that through his life that he's given me, I will become a spotless bride one day. I don't know that bridegroom. I don't know Jesus Christ. I've never given my life to him yet. I've never said that you are my bridegroom. You are the one that saved me. You are the one that I want to be betrothed to. You are the one that I want to be engaged to. I don't want to be engaged to this world anymore. Is there anyone that has never accepted Jesus Christ in their lives? then let's stand. Because let's come to him and say, we want to present ourselves to you as a spotless bride. We want to bring ourselves and give ourselves to you. We want to look at our ring and say that this ring belongs to you, Christ, and not to the world. I don't want to play both. I'm betrothed, I'm engaged to you, waiting for my wedding. Father, I just thank you that we can come to you now, Lord, and say thank you that you have paid the price for us. Thank you that you have chosen us as a bride. Thank you, Father, that we accepted that cup and we drank the cup with you to say that 
I accept to be a bride to you, Jesus Christ, my bridegroom. And I'm now preparing myself for your coming again when you come and fetch us to take us to the Father for that wedding feast that is waiting. Because you promised us. You said, I'm going to prepare a place and I'm coming back to fetch you. And we are waiting in anticipation. We are waiting with an anxiety. We are waiting with a, a joyful heart. A heart that loves. A heart that wants to, to be with our bridegroom. A heart that we don't want to miss out. We want to be there when we enter the chambers with you. Help us to prepare ourselves to be spotless when you come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It was absolutely brilliant for me. I've never read Proverbs 31 that way. And I think it's going to be good for everybody to go read that again. Um, I'm almost saying it in front of everybody, but I do think there was two preachers in one in the sense that um, you had to go quickly through that Proverbs 31, but to really spend time on that and actually read it in that way is it's the first time I've read it or seen it. You can sit quickly if you want. Um, sorry, second preach. No. Um, <laughs> Yeah, 